This is Cultural Quarter of an Hour and I'm Charlotte Foster. Every week we will be exploring the culture of Stoke-on-Trent and the surrounding area. Some weeks I'll be visiting events, other weeks I'll be looking back at our history, but always with an eye on the future. And you'll also hear the stories of the people who make this area just what it is. Culture is all around us. It's in the buildings, it's deep underground, it's in the air, and of course, it's in our blood. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. You'll remember last week we were having a bit of a nosy around the reopened Spode Heritage Museum Visitor Centre in Stoke. Well, this will come as no surprise to so many of you. I recorded so much, we've made it into a two-parter. So this is the second part where you'll hear some of the stories from the people who were demonstrating at the event and from uh, one person who used to work at the site who tells me about the ghosts there. Hi, my name's Steve Shaw. Um, and I'm doing lino printing and I've done a special lino print, bootmark or print, uh, just for the Spodo reopening. How did you get involved in doing this? Where did your interest start? Really, me, me, I've always always done art as a kid. I've always drawn. I never went to art school or anything like that, but I went into the potteries and to a pop bank and the guy who taught me pottery, I was the only full-time employee. There was three partners and me. Um, and the guy who taught me casting uh, on a pop bank was an engraver. And I just liked the look of engraving. So I've always come to Spode because we've got a great engraving section. And I just got fascinated with engraving. And then about three years ago, I was at the art department uh, where I buy all my materials from in Hanley. And I got on with Jody, who works there really well. And um, all she had, it was when she first opened, the first day she opened, and all she had in there was lino printing materials. And everybody seemed to be coming in and buying lino. So I just thought, I might still have a go at that. <laughs> so, so I did about three years ago. And it, it was brilliant because she decided to have a go herself at that time as well. And I can remember going in the next day with my contribution and hers and hers basically was bandage finger because <laughs> she cut herself and that that is a, a risk of the job and luckily touch wood uh, I haven't cut myself yeah but that really got me and with printing it just opened a whole new area because you can print on everything so you can print on textile so I've been doing tote bags and then I also, the guy who taught me like pottery also was a screen printer, so I've gone to screen printing as well. So it's just another material to use other than like my paintings and drawings, and it, it's just opened up everything. So just describe the, uh, the print you've designed for today. Um, it's it's a spode on, and it's uh, what I wanted to include was a pot pop banks so it's got like the bottle kilns on the pop banks it's got a rising sun for like a new tomorrow and also I wanted with being spowed I included a bit of willow pattern at the bottom and it's in blue and white which is known for spowed and uh, am, am I allowed to have a go and see if I can not mess it up yeah yeah Delighted. fabulous let's have a go
So first of all, then, what are we doing? We're just rolling the paint on, yeah. yeah. It's just uh, a block printing ink, and I'll just put some more in. And it's water-based, so... So the mess that I make... Go, uh, yeah, it'll just wash off. I tend to print in one colour as well, because you can print in other colours, you know, you can really layer it up, but... I always think, well, I could do a watercolour for doing that. And I like the effect this gives me. It gives it, it's not highly detailed, but it's enough. And Because I, I was of a generation when punk came out, so it's that have a go and do it yourself sort of generation thing. We just roll yeah. ink on the roller, and then if you just want to roll it onto the design liner. There we go. Do you think that's enough? Yeah. There we go. Now, this is the dangerous bit. This is the bit where the card goes on top. I'm really worried about smudging. Don't worry about smudging. And then what you do is it's called brazing, and you just press on hard and just rub. This, is, this looks like it's going to be hard work. I'm going to have to put the microphone down for a second. Flipping neck, it is hard work. <laughs> no one told me this was going to be it. There was a amount of effort going to be involved. Bad in the gym. Oh, yeah. I'm cancelling the gym membership straight away. I'm taking up this. Yeah, I did have an order for 30 cards. And uh, that was shattering. <laughs> so this is the big reveal. We're peeling the end off. And we're going to see if it worked. Oh. <gasps> oh, wow. It's not smudged. No. I'm amazed. Not, not that I thought you wouldn't do it well. I, I was judging myself there. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, thank you so much. My name's Cinny Saddington. Um, I'm a trustee here at Spode. Uh, I never worked in the factory, but I've taught ceramics for about 40 years in various art schools and universities. And what are you demonstrating today? It's the underglaze printing process that was so fundamental to establishing the blue and white ware that Spode became very famous for. The, um, the copper plate engraving was something that Josiah Spode very cleverly lifted from the book making um, business. Um, there was a, 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 a botanist called William Curtis who was using hand engraved copper plate printing for his illustrations and um, Josiah Spode was trying to copy the Chinese porcelains that had come over A had to perfect a, a recipe for the fine bone china but then he had to get a printing process that was appropriate for the very fine detail and he realised if he could use this same process of hand engraved copper plates with cobalt oxide to give you blues then he's got a magical new process that changed the industry really so how does the image go from the copper plate onto the ceramic plate okay um, we print we print from the copper plate we print onto tissue which is very strong and flexible the closest thing to it is cigarette papers because it's got to have that strength and flexibility um, so we print onto the, to, to the tissue and then we rub down onto the ceramic um, to, to transfer the pattern on and then we wash the tissue off. And then the piece of ceramic goes into a kiln to be hardened on. Uh, that burns the oil off, then we can get a glaze on up to top temperature, comes out blue magically.
You make it sound so simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it was a very labour-intensive process. Um, it was a fabulous process, but on the factory there would have been one printer working in one of these lovely old printing presses with maybe eight transferers because you have to get the transfers down while they're still damp and sticky. Otherwise, they don't go down properly. So um, it, it was labour-intensive. The ladies that were the transferers, often they used to use these brushes and rub down really hard for eight hours a day, so they all ended up with repetitive strain injuries on their wrists. Um, but it was, a, it was a beautiful... They used to work as a team, you know, and uh, it's lovely. So we're just trying to keep it alive, really. It's never going to be viable ever again for uh, mass production couldn't possibly be but for potentially for individual artists so just we need to keep it alive as a process it's too good to lose my name's ray elks and i was the visitor center manager for the site for uh, over 10 years i've actually worked for the company for 38 what did you do when you were working for spode um i worked for royal worcester and spode i was a, a head of hr or personnel as it used to be called for five and a half thousand employees for 17 years i worked at the longton factories as well and then i say um, opened the visitor center here and extended the museum etc so in its heyday as a visitor center we were getting 265,000 visitors to stoke brilliant and here we are as it's reopening after a bit of a, a makeover and we're looking at some of the photos from back in the day. I've always said I think the walls can talk in this place and the walls are talking to us here, aren't they? Definitely. And to be honest, it's like stepping back in time when I see all these photographs and all the people that I knew. Um, that's great, yes. yes. There is so much history on this site. Are there any ghosts here? Um, we have confirmation that there are yes um, we had a situation several years ago where some of the cleaning ladies wouldn't work in different parts because they'd had funny experiences etc a friend of mine worked at Litchfield Cathedral so I asked him to come and just walk around the site I'd identified about six areas uh, he came walking around the site I didn't tell him anything at the end he came up with 12 um, so yes, and I mean one of the notorious ones um, was where the museum used to be. Bear in mind it had metal shutters at each end of the, the room, locked up in the evening. You would come in the morning, open it up and you would smell um, tobacco smoke. Um, and the story goes that there was somebody who died in one of the rooms up above and, and still you know, haunts the place, but it's a fascinating sight. Um, so much history and uh, so much enjoyment. I mean, it was a family situation. You know, yes, it was Mr. Robert and etc. But everybody was just like one massive big family. It's fantastic. What's your favourite bits of the of the site? Um, the favourite bits of the site, I think, are the remains of the bottle kill out in the front courtyard. Um, <laughs> A joking one, of course, is Princess Margaret's toilet, which was next to my office, um, that was installed for her frequent visits to the site as well as the toilet. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, which visits are we talking about? Um, but I think the favourite part of it is is actually just to come here and see all these photographs of all the people that worked here. And, and you know, when I do my talk, I say that, um, and I finish the talk with the most fantastic piece of pottery, and say that, yes, you had the, the owners, the entrepreneurs, but without the workforce, 
this business and a lot of the industry would not have survived without the skills and talents of all those people have gone before. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Cultural Quarter of an Hour. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch, please do. Social media is where you will find me on Facebook. It is Cultural Quarter of an Hour podcast on Twitter at CQHpod. And you can also find us on the web. It is cqhpod.co.uk. There's some blogs and everything up there as well. And of course, don't forget the regular podcast comes out every week on a Wednesday. If you've been subscribing this week, you'll know there was a bonus podcast that went out over the weekend. Go have a listen. See what you can do to help the people at Art Stop Stoke as well. But in the meantime, see you next Wednesday. <laughs>